Cynthia A. Thomas is a licensed counselor in the state of Maine. She is also licensed and ordained with the International Church of Foursquare Gospel. Cynthia's teaching is focused on ordinary people learning an extraordinary way of loving God and loving others. Where church isn't a building, it's people learning together and encouraging each other to follow the teaching of Jesus. Thanks for joining today, and now here is Cindy with today's focus. Years ago, when Freedom Reigns Ministries was having weekly meetings in Farmington, Maine, I told my congregation something that God was indicating I should share with them. He told us that we would come into a time where existence would feel bipolar, which means polar opposites. The earth has two poles which are opposite each other in north and south, so that's probably where that came from. God said there would be terrible things going on all around the earth because of this fallen creation and from satanic attacks. Yet, parallel to that, there would be awesome, wondrous things of God going on. He warned us that our job would be to keep our emotions steady in all of it and not let ourselves go back and forth from high, extreme highs to extreme lows, cautioning us that that would be very detrimental to our own ongoing physical and emotional health and to our testimony as others watched us dealing with the chaos of this fallen creation at war with the enemy of God. In these times we've been in over the past few years and how things look on the horizon of times yet to come, I would describe this situation with a phrase from the book title about the ministry of our Foursquare founder, Amy Simple McPherson. This is that. Unfortunately, I'm thinking that things may not get any better as we march toward the end of created time. That sounds so dramatic, doesn't it? The end of time. <laughs> there are so many apocalyptic This Is The End movies out there that we've almost grown indifferent to the fact that one of these days, the end will come. I think that is actually probably a demonic Ephesians 6.11 scheme, strategy, and deceit of the devil to desensitize us to the fact that the end coming is a real thing. Anyone remember those guys in movies that are on the street corner holding the little placard that says, the end is near. <laughs> the human history of earth has had many cycles where believers of the rapture thought the end was imminent. Some even gave dates, which I personally find odd in light of the scripture in Matthew 24:36, where Jesus says no one knows the day or the hour except the Father. And people did a lot of weird things to prepare for the end. They did things like get rid of all their worldly possessions or go to a mountaintop to wait. I don't know if they thought being on a mountaintop would help them get a head start at the rapture or what they were thinking. A lot of weird stuff has happened in different cycles of humanity predicting this is the end. Go check it out on the internet sometimes because there's plenty of entertaining stories. <laughs> so we've likely become a little desensitized about it all. But the truth of the matter is, one of these cycles, the warning, 
the end is coming, will be the one that marches us into the return of Christ and the end of time. Time will be up. Peter told us the clock started at Pentecost. And what are we supposed to be doing as we march toward this end? Luke 17, 26 through 30. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They will, were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. So it will be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In other words, life is going to be going on like it always does. We know the signs of the times. We know this is the last days. But we do not know the day or the hour when God will say, Time's up! Luke 19, 12 and 13. Jesus speaking. A nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minas and said to them, Engage in business until I come. You might have heard this in the King James Version, which says, Occupy till I come. Whose business are we supposed to be engaged in doing? Well, if we're following Jesus Christ as his disciples, we should be about our Father's business, because that's what Jesus was here to show us, he says, John 6, 38. And here again in Matthew 24, 45 and 46, Jesus speaking, Who then is the faithful servant, the faithful and wise servant, whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom the master will find so doing when he comes. As we're all out there in the world, eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage and buying and selling and planting and building, are we about our Father's business in it all? Are we being careful to redeem the time for the kingdom's sake? Do we have a word of encouragement to the one who is weary? Do we treat people with kindness and mercy? Do we resist the temptation of our flesh and the devil to become easily offended and fall into unforgiveness? Do we redeem the time we have here on this earth? And you don't have to go out and do a big ministry to be living your life in a way that honors Jesus and is a blessing to those around you. Whoever is in our daily path, including our families, is where God expects us to be about our Father's business. Do you know that time is a created concept for human development? Eternity doesn't do time. <laughs> and I'm far too finite of a created being to understand how all this time-eternity-intersect stuff works, but I know time was created for humanity to develop. In the vastness of eternity, which is not a straight line, but encompasses every direction with no end, 
time is like um, a created pouch, a pocket within eternity. It's like a womb created for humanity to develop in, and one day, time as we know it will end, and all of existence will be swallowed up by eternity. How things will work at that point, and how time will fit into God's economy, if it fits in anywhere at all, is for educated theologians to debate. <laughs> However, the truth is, we don't know what it will look like then any more than we know the day or the hour God will say, time's up. However, we do clearly know that we are in the end times and that when Jesus comes back, he will bring it to its final conclusion, this earth project he created. Let's look at scripture and see what it has to say. In Acts, um, on the day of Pentecost, the people in Jerusalem at the time heard the commotion going on after the Holy Spirit landed on earth. <laughs> people were hearing all the languages being spoken by this group of uneducated Galileans and wondered how that was even possible. Some heard the commotion and just thought, oh man, they're all drunk. Then Peter came forward and said this, Acts 2, 14-18. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Here, Peter identified that what was taking place right there and then was the last days. Peter told us, this is that which God told you was to come. Now, <laughs> we've been in the last days for about 2,000 years. And with Peter's counsel in 2 Peter 3.8, not to forget that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day, we don't know when the end will come. But make no mistake, one of these days, we will come to the final end of prophesied earth events and we may be right in the middle of getting married or buying a piece of land or working in a soup kitchen or listening to a sermon on a podcast or sitting in the middle of church. And all of a sudden, God speaks and says, time's up. Are we living our lives today, now, in a way that we would be ready for the end of time? Do you know there are more prophecies about the second coming of Jesus Christ than there are about his first coming all those Christmases ago? And those first Advent prophecies came true. So it stands to reason that Jesus is coming back just as he said he would and as scripture has prophesied. Jesus speaking, Matthew 24, 12 through 14. 
And because lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Jesus tells us that we are coming upon the end, and when we do, we will see a sense of lawlessness increasing, and we will see the love of many growing cold toward God and toward each other. Matthew 24, 12, And because lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold. Anyone think we're in a time of lawlessness? <laughs> or love grown cold. However, we will also see the gospel proclaimed all over the world before the actual end of time. And have no doubt, the proclamation of the gospel to all nations will produce some awesome fruit of the Spirit, which we will witness and in fact are hearing now from testimonies all over the world. In this Matthew 24 passage, Jesus shows us the bipolar existence we will have in the end times. Lawlessness increasing, cold love among people, even God's people. And yet, the gospel going out to all nations and wondrous things happening because of it. Anyone looking around at our world and get the thought, this is that? At the end of time, Life is going to have the potential to be an emotional roller coaster ride. If what has happened to you this past few years has caused you to get to the point where you are feeling overwhelmed with this emotional roller coaster ride you've been on and you just want to get off that ride, then I think that's wonderful. The only way off is to get our emotions under the dominion of God and receive His peace even within the circumstances of the times we live in. We are in a time where it is crucial that we grow forward in the spirit of 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, going from glory to glory to the next level of growth toward the likeness of Christ. It is important to do individually and together as the body of Christ not just our immediate church bodies, but the body of Christ all over the earth. It is crucial that we understand the message of Philippians 3, 12 through 16, and not consider that we are ever in a position where we don't have to strain forward in growth toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We must be willing to strain forward toward Christ we must be willing to do what our Matthew 24 passage says in verse 13, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. That word endures is definitely a hint that there will likely be unpleasant things and unholy temptations that will need to be overcome in the grace, mercy, and power of Christ. If we're told we need to endure, and we shall be saved, then that tells me there will be things to endure. Amen? Philippians 3.16 Only let us hold true 
to what we have attained. Hold true. Hold true to what you already know, what you've already learned. Hang on to truth. Don't let up for a moment and keep pressing forward to the next level of glory. As our little Christian school administrator, Mrs. Thomas, is always telling students, do what you know. As I like saying at the end of each podcast, keep on keeping on in Jesus, everyone. Hold on to and be doers of what you have already learned and attained and keep pressing forward to the goal of being like Jesus. It's a lifelong journey. There is never a place this side of heaven where you should stop growing to the next level of glory toward Christ-likeness. And that is the business God wants us to be about until he comes. His business, his will on earth as it is in heaven. Managing our emotions on this roller coaster ride of life is so very important. One negative emotional outburst, and we can mess up relationships and our testimony for Christ really fast. Since 2 Corinthians 5.20 tells us we're supposed to be ambassadors of Christ out there in the world, representing his kingdom, then losing control of our emotions will not be helpful. And guess what is among the Galatians 5, 22 and 23 fruit of the Spirit? Yes, self-control. There are, and will be to come, great emotional highs and great emotional lows. And sometimes they will come so fast it threatens to make us feel crazy. God's warning to me from my congregation all those years ago was to understand that time was coming. And it was our job to stay emotionally steady in Christ and to behave in line with the greatest command and the one like unto it. Luke 10, 27. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Church, I say to you that now, the day of that prophecy that he spoke to me so long ago is coming to pass right before our eyes. I know with all that is in me, the time God warned of, this is that. This season of human history is the time the Holy Spirit was warning me of and told me to tell his people. You are his people. When everything was created in the beginning, God pronounced it very good. But everything fell in the Garden of Eden on the day of disobedience, and our emotions are part of that fallen flesh package. They have to be constantly put under the dominion of our God in Christ, just like everything else about us. When our spouse or our family or our friends or our job, or our church, or whatever has the power to completely derail us emotionally so that we can't come back from it for from any given situation for months, 
or we get all offended and cold love creeps in and starts making a place for a root of bitterness to develop. That's giving in to the dominion of our fallen, Adamic nature and those end-time strategies coming against us from the satanic realm. John 13, 35 By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Whew! How do you think the church as a whole is doing with that witness to the world? In our fallen flesh nature, we certainly are among those who can get emotionally knocked around and maybe even go into deep grief or deep anger for a period of time. However, we are also among those who do not throw aside our obedience to the Word of God or our confession and confidence in Christ no matter what. Hebrews 10.35 Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. God has rewards for hanging in there and not wearying in well-doing. And this is not confidence in ourselves or any human being or our bank accounts or the government or a church organization or any earthly thing. It is confidence in Jesus Christ and our devotion to believing He is who He says He is and that we are who He says we are. We are among those who can fall down, yes, but we get back up because Jesus is hanging on to us. Proverbs 24, 16, For the righteous falls seven times and rises again. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, God says, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so, brothers and sisters, having done all to stand, we stand in the face of spiritual battle through all life's trials and tribulations. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes, strategies, and deceits of the devil. For we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. We are among those who know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. Romans 8, 28. Jesus speaking, John 14, 16 through 18. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot see and receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, Jesus says. 
I will come to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We must know who our God is and who we are within our inheritance in Jesus Christ. It is critical that we understand the spiritual warfare we are in and how to fight. Actually, that's why I wrote the Bible-based novel, Spirit Realm. I pray God uses it to open people's eyes, especially our young people, to the reality of the unseen world that is affecting us all so profoundly on a daily basis. In order to understand how to walk in victory within this emotional, bipolar existence, we must know who our God is and who we are because of our inheritance in Jesus. John 4:24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. It is critical that we understand we are part of a spirit realm of life. We must understand the spiritual warfare we are in and how to fight. To fight is to bring our lives in line with the word and the ways of Almighty God. Spiritual warfare begins with submission to God in every area of our lives. James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, O sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. O church, if there was ever a time when understanding all this was important, this is that. If you want to learn more about spiritual warfare, you can go on my podcast, there's a whole series that I did on on the Ephesians 6 passage in spiritual warfare. I think there's about nine episodes in it. And it starts out, I think the title it starts out with is What is Spiritual Warfare? So go check that out if you want to learn more about spiritual warfare in this world. <laughs> Second Corinthians 3.17 Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's what God wants for you. Spiritual freedom to receive His peace and live as His ambassador, doing the Father's business for such a time as this. This crazy, bipolar existence we are and will be living in as we march toward the end of time. The end of of this age we are in that started at Pentecost. Jesus speaking, John 14, 27 through 29. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it takes place, you may believe. Church, receive the peace of your God, which passes all understanding. Let it mount guard over your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. 
and having done all to stand, stand in the power of his might and trust your God to be holding on to you as you go forward living your day today life as a witness for, the, for your King, King Jesus, doing the Father's business until he comes. 1 Timothy 1.17 Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you all. And keep on keeping on in Jesus, everyone. <laughs> Till next time. And that concludes today's segment. We hope to see you next time as you learn the extraordinary ways of loving God and others.